0: Welcome to Raw where We have real conversation about faith and life over a good cup of coffee. My name is Tucker Anderson, and I am your host today. And I'm here with our senior pastor, Sean Winters. Sean, I hope you had a, a nice Father's Day weekend.
1: We really did. It was a it was a great time to be with family, but uh, a good celebration at church, and then. A whole lot of relaxing yesterday afternoon.
0: It was nice to get that refreshing rain as well. Oh, yeah, it was so, a, so nice. It really was. And I heard you had some uh, some homemade ice cream
1: and yes, Ken Becky pie. made uh, Becky made some strawberry rhubarb pie. Our neighbor brought us some rhubarb, and then uh, made up our Ben and Jerry's recipe sweet cream uh, homemade ice cream and. As I told you earlier, I think I went into sugar shock, but man, it was delicious. It was great.
0: There's something about homemade ice cream that is much better yeah. than uh, anything you can get at a store.
1: Yeah. So. It, it is really good. And it doesn't keep real well, but um, you know, so you have to eat as much as you can. Yeah.
0: yeah. It's a good, it's a good excuse. <laughs> That's right. You can add more sugar too in the in the homemade. There you go. <laughs> so, well, you know, in the in the in light of Father's Day weekend, I thought it'd be good just to talk about what is what is a, a Christian understanding of a fatherhood? Yeah. And uh, what, is, what does scripture have to say about uh, what it means to be a father that's informed by the gospel and how the gospel shapes our role as fathers? And I thought one, one good passage to start with would be Ephesians chapter 5, um, and then also uh, Colossians chapter 3, uh, two uh, places that are you know, typically known as the Paul's household codes. Uh, let, me, let me start in Ephesians 5, just the first uh, little bit of that, and then go on to Ephesians chapter 6. Uh, verse 4 in particular. But Paul says, you know, pay careful attention then how, to how you live, not as unwise people, but as wise, making the most of the time because the days are evil, as verse uh, 15 and 16. Verse 17, so don't be foolish, but understand what the Lord's will is. And don't get drunk with wine, which leads to reckless living, but be filled by the Spirit, speaking to one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs singing and making music with your heart to the Lord, giving thanks always for everything to God the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, submitting to one another in the fear of Christ. And then he goes into the famous wives and husbands passage, uh, and I want to just jump down to chapter 6, verse 4, where he talks about the father and child relationship. Fathers, don't stir up anger in your children, but bring them up in the training and instruction of the Lord. And I'm using the CSB translation, which I really have enjoyed. Uh, I like the way that it phrases some of yeah. these things. Um, what are your, some of your thoughts on these
1: passages? Well, I, I really like how you, you know, set the context. there, going back into Chapter 5 and the importance of wise living, um, the importance of, of being thoughtful and reflection, and then making the most of every, every opportunity. Again, you, know, you think about parenting and being dads, and, you know, it isn't just a title and it isn't just a, a role or a t-shirt. Um, it's, a, it's a process of growth and it's an intentional seeking after wisdom. And, and then there's this, this continual challenge to say, I want to make the most of every opportunity and that we have the potential to encourage, um, to bless, to mm-hmm. sing over, to pray over our kids or, or to you know, bring up anger and frustrate them. And and, you know, Paul is very clear here, just saying, hey, let's be intentional. Let's seek God and then um, seek to be a blessing and an encouragement. But it can be tiring, right? I mean, you're kind yeah. of in the midst of it. it was, it's always struck me that Paul, the, the first thing he says
0: to the fathers, is don't stir up anger in your children. Do you, yeah. do you have any thoughts on why
1: that in particular he chooses to focus on? Yeah, it, it is always interesting when he just pulls out one thing. Um, and I, and I think that there, there is this, um, this potential maybe in, in parents and kids to frustrate your kids or set boundaries that are too tight um, to inter, interrupt or push yourself in when you're, you're not welcome, um, which can result in, in anger. Now Again, anger is probably a secondary emotion. There's something else that has happened there. But it is certainly the presenting issue when you see your kids getting angry um, you know, you know, there's there's something that has gone awry. There's something that has missed. So it could be you've embarrassed your kid, you've frustrated your kid, you've um, disappointed your kid in some way. And so it's a, it's a sign that something has gone awry in the relationship. And maybe he's saying, hey, if you see this flag, do something about it.
0: Well, it sounds very similar. I mean, what you're saying, what he says in Colossians chapter 3, uh, verse 21 fathers do not exasperate your children so that they won't become discouraged yeah um, you know the I, I saw another translation that instead of exasperating you know to perhaps a translation could be to make bitter uh, right. and, and I think there's a lot of application that I can think of even in my own life you know personally and it'll be interesting to dialogue a little bit because our kids are at very different life yeah, stages. Right. I mean, you have how many left in high school? Um, our youngest
1: just graduated high school. Okay, so you yep. you're
0: uh, empty nest. Yeah.
1: Now. Yep. Right on the verge. So.
0: And we have uh, our oldest is just entering into kindergarten. Yeah. So we're you know we're at the point too where dealing with a lot of crabbiness at times. Yeah. And it can be that can be really wearing. Yeah. Let, let me ask you a question. Okay. So
1: when our kids were little, and I remember back one of the things that we were encouraged to do or to be aware of is not to get into a power struggle with your little kid. So i remember you know trying to get on winter coats or keep a kid from climbing the stairs and it was like like i would get into these power struggles with a very small child. And it was just really wise you know somehow i'm exasperating the child because i'm not being creative in that scenario. So You know, one of the strategies was to distract them, like move them away from the stairs or, you know, try to get down on their level and play some other game or, uh, you know, I still haven't figured out winter coats. But but there can be power struggles, there can be exasperation, Mm -hmm. even with little kids, right?
0: Well, yeah, I there seems to, like with one of our children in particular, it seems as though like any little thing that you do (laughs) or don't do just – it can be, you know, it's just like a switch. Something happens and, yeah. you know, it, it's just a meltdown in the house. And Yeah, and you're like, where did that come from or how did we get there so quickly? <laughs> and there's no reasoning with them right. when they do that. Right. How did you handle those kind of situations when you have little kids that you just can't yeah. reason with them? And you know, Maybe it's a, a bedtime-related yeah. thing. It's a meal issue, you know, whatever it might be.
1: Yeah. Well, we were very intentional parents and we talked through these kind of situations a lot. And... um you know, one of the things that we did was um, try to talk to and help our kids get ready for a new setting. So we're going over to somebody's house and, you know, we have a conversation in the, in the car before we go in to say, here's what's kind of expected of you. Um, you prep them for the grocery store. Um, we, we didn't ever threaten, um, you know, like, I'm going to leave you at the grocery store if you don't settle down. We just said this isn't acceptable, and we were willing to walk out of the store if we're having a meltdown. And um, so, so just, you know, trying to think creatively. Um, but, but I also had a friend that's, you know, that um, shared with me the importance of just kind of getting down on their level, giving your kids a physical hug, and speaking words of love into their ear, just like, Daddy loves you, Daddy cares for you. You know, there's something that's disrupting their spirit, something that is frustrated, exasperated. (laughs) And, you know what, I care for you. I love you. Um, And then you can ask questions, even of little kids.
0: Well, and that's that's really good because, I mean, it reminds me, too, you know, in that passage in Colossians, not to discourage. You don't want to do something that leads to them being discouraged. Yeah. Where you feel, you know, where maybe they feel like they never measure up or. you know, that they just don't they don't understand and they Yeah. they're
1: confused, um, yeah. they're frustrated, they're like, you know, but I wanted to go over there. And you're just telling me we can't go over there. <laughs> you know, I think I really want to go over there. And and then you get for this whatever power reason, struggle reason, for yeah. whatever reason and it just I, you're on a schedule and you're like, No, we can't go over there. And so it's it's identifying but but Tucker, boy, those power struggles they become a little more subtle, but they boy, in grade school and junior high and high school <laughs> Even in college, um, how do I not exasperate my kids who are in their twenties? Yeah. Um, how do I not exasperate, or frustrate, or discourage my child when they're calling from college and they don't want to talk, or they're um, you know they're facing struggles in the workplace or in you know in COVID shutdown. I mean, it, there was just a lot of challenges, and how do I listen? And walk beside and encourage um, my kids in the midst of that. So I don't don't know what, maybe some strategies you have. I've I've probably forgotten some of my.
0: (laughs) You know, as I think of both of our our kids, you know, they have very different personalities. And that's another thing that really, I think, plays into this conversation. Uh, And in some ways, we probably have to tailor our approach to their personalities because they might respond or react differently to... Maybe different styles. Mm -hmm. Um, I mean, obviously, you want to keep the core things the same, Um, but we've we've tried to do that of just get like you mentioned, getting down on their level, trying to ask questions to see if we can understand what the issue might be, Uh, and we've found that that's helped a little bit. And sometimes we've found that just walking away from the situation and Mm -hmm. just letting it cool down a little bit has helped. Yeah. Um, You know, always coming back, though, and addressing the situation, never just leaving it uh, and never coming back to it. So, you know, I think getting down on their level, talking to them, trying to ask questions to understand, uh, and then sometimes just letting it cool off and then coming back to revisit when they can actually have a conversation.
1: Well, in verse one that we kind of passed over, Ephesians 6, one says, children, obey your parents in the Lord for this is right. Mm -hmm. And there is a really um, significant role of parents, mom and dad together, in training a child up in the way that he or she should go. And that's gonna create conflict. There's gonna be challenges because of the sin nature. Talk to me a little bit about the role of um, forgiveness and even confession as a dad.
0: I was just looking at this passage this morning, and we he said in verse uh, six four Ephesians, you know, fathers don't stir up anger in your children, and then he says, bring them up in the training and instruction of the Lord. And it's interesting because the the Greek word for to bring them up is exactly the same word that Paul uses back in verse twenty nine. No one ever hates his own flesh, but Provides and cares for it, uh, just as Christ does for the church. And and you know, another translation might say to to nourish. Hmm. Uh, you know, he he yeah. nourishes his own body just like Christ does for the church. Um, so, I was trying to think through if this is the way Christ. If Christ cares for the church and nourishes the church, even in all uh-huh. of our own disobedience yeah. and uh, and waywardness and uh, not. Yeah, I feel like so often like I just I'm being taught the same lesson over and over again yeah. in my own life. I think it can help us to think how do we interact with our kids? Because a lot of times it feels like we're trying to teach them the same lesson over and over again. Yeah. Um so I, when I when it comes to forgiveness and just the way that I've maybe responded in a exacerbating way or yeah. um a way that's maybe stirred discouragement or anger in my own kids. I think it's a reminder, I come back to, I probably do the very same things when it comes to my own relationship with the Lord, yeah. um, and he's having to teach me the same lesson over and over again, yeah. um, so I think it's, for me, it's reminding myself of God's grace towards me, and then how can I extend the same grace
1: towards my kids? Yeah, God is nourishing and caring for us as he's raising us up and training us in, Yeah. and I have found that, that sometimes the issue that I'm most animated uh, with my kids are the things where I see them like me and the stuff that I haven't figured mm-hmm. out in my life. Um, so if, if a kid is, has a tendency to make rash decisions or you know, take unnecessary risk, what are you doing? What are you thinking? And Becky you know, helps me remember that maybe that's my weakness and I don't want to see it mm. you know, <laughs> show up in my own kids. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you're being really stubborn. Well, that's you know because I, my stubbornness frustrates me. And I wish that you wouldn't have to face the same struggles I'm facing. So, I, yeah. Anyway, so, so again, it's owning up to the fact that we're on that path. Like you just said, we're, we're being nourished, we are being cared for by God, and we're doing the best we can because we're still the parent. Right? We're not mm-hmm. on the same level as our kids. We're the yeah. parent and they're the children, and our job is to raise them. The Bible's very clear about those roles. Um, and, and yet we can make mistakes. And I think to share that, boy, I'm, I am yeah. so sorry Daddy frustrated you. I'm, I'm sorry that I got upset and caused you to be discouraged. I, I care for you and I want the best.
0: You're listening to the Raw Roast, where we're having a conversation today about uh, how the gospel shapes our role as fathers in raising our children. And I think another thing too is asking forgiveness from God in front of your, in front of our kids, yeah. and just to model that so that they know that. I mean, we're we're not, we certainly aren't perfect. Yeah, ourselves, we make mistakes. We we err when it comes to to parenting and. But to model that asking for forgiveness I think is not only a good way for them to see us in a in a new way yeah. but also to model does asking forgiveness look like
1: yeah I, I love it and I you know and I think there's training there's teaching but care and nourish can also be celebration and, and mm-hmm. laughter <laughs> yeah yeah it, it is I remember when our kids were little um, that when mom and dad would laugh, the kids love it uh, it's just you know when we all kind of get into some Sort of humor, or we have a fun celebration, yeah uh, we do something that is a game together um, you know those kinds of things are a part of nourishing as well um, it's serious it's training it's fun it's a, it's kind of the doing life together, but it's making sure that that's kind of a full full orb of of life experience is there a passage
0: in, of scripture that you go to uh, to seek wisdom for parenting
1: yeah um one of the verses that we kind of latched on to early on in our parenting journey, um, well, let, let me just go back. So I was challenged one time by a friend and a mentor of mine. He said one of his greatest joys with kids that have graduated and kind of moved on was that he had an opportunity to mentor each one of his sons, which stirred in Becky particularly, but Becky and me, uh, you know, what does it look like to, to mentor, to disciple our kids and so we looked at um, Proverbs twenty seven seventeen. That This says, as iron sharpens iron, so one person sharpens another. And um, it's this idea of iron sharpening iron. Um, we called it sword training. The Word of God is often referred to as the sword of the Spirit. And so, so we're going to study the Word of God together. We're going to do some sword training, which made sense with our oldest son when he was in second grade. <laughs> we get up early on, one morning and we would had some hot chocolate and we, we look at some Bible verses and we kept a prayer journal and we had a conversation so that was in second grade and then our next child our son Zach we started like in kindergarten and Annie started when she was four or five and then Caden so I had the opportunity all the way through you know one point it was four mornings a week because so that was each kid had their morning and we would talk about this idea of iron sharpening iron, where it's not so much dad teaching you, um, but it's it's word-based. Uh, we'd always keep a prayer journal. I, I have prayer journals for the last 14 years, just little scraps of paper for each kid, and conversation. And, um, Tucker, one of the really cool pieces of that was the spiritual effect, but I think one of the um, unintended outcomes was that it it provided a platform for conversation with dad that maybe more naturally happens with mom but being intentional it created an avenue and you know many times Becky and I would say hey here's an issue with one of the kids or here's something that one of the kids is struggling with maybe you could bring it up at sword training so it'd be just this regular you know once a week opportunity to have a conversation with a kid and you know, it, it's, it created a great platform and a great memory. Um, and it, it is one of the things that I really am glad I invested in.
0: I love that idea because that's, uh, as we were just talking a little bit earlier, you know, one of the things that I find frustrating is when they want mom for, you know, everything. Yeah, you everything. Know, even, if, <laughs> even if you do the same, you know, you do it the exact same way. Yeah. You know, it's still, that's it's still right. not done right because you're the one – Doing it and yeah. it's not mom. So I like that idea of having a, a set thing that this is what dad does with the kids. Yeah.
1: Um, and building that regular rhythm into your life. Yeah. I mean, the kids don't trust me in the kitchen. If I'm making something, then my, especially my son Zach will say, Mom, look what dad's doing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But, you know, this, this sword training and we, you know, it wasn't anything special. And, and you know, there'd be a yeah. number of times I'm like, I'm not sure that was really helpful. But, but, you know, we're, we're making investment of time and relationship. Um, uh, it's intentional. that the Kids feel like, hey, this is my special appointment. And yeah. once in a while, we'd go out and get a donut just to mix things up. Well, I remember even growing up as a kid, there were certain things where I, I know
0: my dad would make macaroni and cheese with water instead of milk. <laughs> <Yeah. and that's, laughs> Mom, I mean, look yeah. what dad did. <laughs> yeah. It's, I mean, it's not the same. That's the worst. Yeah. So. <laughs> What do you think uh, you know we, we talk about how the gospel shapes every aspect of our life, and it yeah. seems to be um, it seems to be a phrase that's becoming used more and more, you know how does the gospel shape our, our work, how does the gospel shape our parenting? Uh, what does that mean when we say the gospel shapes something, and maybe in particular, uh, the gospel shapes our parenting?
1: Well, I, I think it is a um it's not an easy place to get to, but it is to, to look at scripture and be familiar with the word of God in, in a regular basis that you begin to think biblically and you're able to reflect um, thoughtfully on the word of God and life. Um, and so it is, it is this process of kind of entering into new scenarios and then as best you can saying, hey, you know, this is this is a greater truth. You you take it up the ladder of abstraction just a little bit and then you bring it back down to, to practical, you know, it it seems like this is a, a good way to approach work. Um, We we talked, you know, I remember a conversation we had around vocation with our kids and came across a really great essay about the importance of, of seeing all work as God's work, not just, church work or missionary work or teaching in a seminary (laughs) um but that doing any sort of work can be god's work and you know just having that conversation and saying you know how do we think and why does that make sense and and how would you how does other work still be gospel work so anyway you, you can think through that i mean dating conversations Money conversations, all all of those can have a biblical gospel framework, but it takes takes time and energy and and thoughtful reflection. As I'm thinking through this, maybe there's two things. There's a
0: there's the example of there's the example of Christ that he he models for us, uh, and that and that might be one aspect of it. Do you think another aspect is the I mean, the gospel, I mean, as a result of Christ's work on the cross and his resurrection that he gives us his spirit. I mean, we're in a sermon series that yeah. you've been taking us through on the on the role of the spirit, uh, the Holy Spirit in the Christian life. And that might, do you think that's a, sec, a second aspect of what we mean when we talk about how the gospel shapes us? There's both the example that Christ puts forward, but then there's also the the actual transforming power of the spirit in our life as a result of the gospel is
1: that, Is that two ways we can think of it? I like that. I mean, we can say, is there a specific example of Jesus in a scenario like this? So how did Jesus respond? But then we've been given the Spirit, is what you're saying, Mm -hmm. so that there are scenarios where we just have to make a wise choice. It gets back to the Ephesians passage where it says, live as wise, not as unwise, which we may not have a specific example, but yeah, but it's important to respond with wisdom. You know?
0: And that, and that's one of those. You know, there's so many things that can hap- that that do happen to us in life that are outside of our control. Yeah, um, that we can't plan. Even with the best of plans and intentions, there are still things that are going to happen to us. I mean, it could be a diagnosis we receive. It could be job loss. You know, there's a whole host of different things. Yeah, and I think the key is like, how do we respond in those situations? yeah because uh, I do think that shows us a lot about our spiritual maturity it is not uh i'm not denying the importance of i think you know quiet time in the morning and consistent prayer and fasting, which with my love of food I'm not very good at right right uh well, I, I, those are important but i think I think a really good indicator is you know as James would say what comes out of our mouth yeah and you know as jesus talks about a uh, a good tree can't bear. Bad fruit, so I think those, those moments really do reveal a lot about our spiritual character
1: I agree and and I also think that you know it's interesting in Ephesians six that it talks about wisdom in chapter five and then there's the husbands and wives and then it says children and then parents or fathers and there's a reality that dads can't do it alone
0: mm-hmm.
1: that dads need your wife to give you good wisdom and insight into your your kids' lives, and if you're a single dad, um, boy, that that challenge is to find who can help you mm-hmm. navigate those things, single mom. I mean, it's the same, like as parents, adults, as believers in Jesus Christ who are trying to navigate life and live wisely, we're not islands and we're not going to figure it out on our own. It, it, yeah. Isn't that really true? I mean, there's things that Aaliyah can bring to your perspective and- yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. Sometimes it's about Tucker, yeah. But sometimes it's about Tucker and the girls. Yeah. Um, Becky was just just a strong advocate for my personal maturity, and then for me to be the most successful dad I could be in raising our kids. And I am in deep debt to her. Yeah. Um, Absolutely. There's
0: we have so many blind spots yeah. in our own lives, and that's you know, Aliyah's. Pointed some of those out graciously in my own life, and uh, but then also, I mean, it, yeah, it, there's I think there's a there's a reason why God designed marriage yeah. to be this way, yeah. to have a husband and a wife who together pour into and invest in their kids, yeah, and, and, Pastor, and raise I, them as disciples.
1: I remember uh, Pastor Christy Becker, uh, one of our pastors on staff here, put together a group of parents of teens. And, you know, immediately we had this this great showing of people like, yeah, we need help with this season of life. So it isn't just in the marriage. We we can get good wisdom from other people or mentors. And, um, yeah, there's, there's a value of being in relationship with someone who knows, but there's also value in being in a church of people who are likewise trying to navigate this. What would you say to
0: someone in closing here who is – ready to embark on this uh, or maybe as about to embark on this adventure of 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 being a father mm. what would you what would you counsel them or how would you yeah. counsel them what is what's the, the one thing that you would tell them
1: yeah i had a conversation on sunday with a young couple and and um she is due in august first child and i'm like happy father's day it's your first father's day um just at the beginning and it is exciting um it is going to be challenging, but one of the things that I, I think is really, really important to understand is that there's only one person who can father that child. There's only one person who gets to be dad, and you're not going to do it perfectly. You're not going to do it um, consistently, but um, continue after it. Continue to seek God, First Peter 4.19, um, commit yourself to your creator, and continue to do good.
0: And I, I, think the thing I would add too is the extending grace, and and and, ask, and, and demonstrating what uh, asking for forgiveness looks like when oh, we ourselves. Really I mean, we're not going to be perfect either in our yep. in our parenting, and and I think being um, being wise to to show our kids what it looks like to ask for grace ourselves. Yeah.
1: To walk humbly before your kids, I think, is a powerful witness. It's great leadership.
0: Well, I want to thank you, Sean. Thank you for your insights yeah, today. This you. has been a good conversation. I want to thank you uh, as our listeners. If you'd like more information about Calvary Church, you can visit calvarychurch.us. You can check us out online or in person on Sunday mornings. We encourage you to subscribe to this podcast wherever you listen. It also helps if you leave us a review. We look forward to having you join us again next Monday.